1: This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but not everything, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. You know, we won't go into it too much today, but it is a sad day for you today, Nate. Mm Mm-hmm. But we have happier things to get on to. Yeah, so I just...
0: Um, I just want
1: to give you the spotlight for a second.
0: Yeah, I had, uh, hadn't had watched it yet, but I had recorded the Cowboys 49ers game. Hadn't uh, just made sure no one told me how it went. And um, it was it was, sad. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. No. no, we uh, we had to uh, take our dog that we uh, rescued that showed up at our house as a stray to a shelter and uh, to uh, to animal control. And it was a very sad experience. I, only, I was telling everyone earlier, I've only got one uh, opinion formed from this, and that's, uh, don't be someone that goes out there and buys an animal from someone who breeds animals. Like there are so many animals, including the one I just had, that are sitting around at places like this. Looking living, for a home. Live in a little concrete cell, you know, sad, that are looking for you someone to come get them. So don't go pay 500 bucks for some special animal. 500 or anything. Those
1: are like, they're like 1,500. Whatever
0: now. they are. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, that's, that was my only, or do it. Whatever you want to do. I'm not saying you got to go get one because I just left one there. Not everyone has to have an animal, but if you are going to get one, I do think you should check out your local animal shelter. Mm. Daisy that's, has that's a nice little
1: tagline in here. What's Adopt, that? don't shop.
0: There you go.
1: Adopt, don't shop,
0: folks. Exactly.
1: Get your pets spayed and neutered. You know, as Bob Barker always That's, used to tell you us. You know, it's, it's an
0: important thing for mm, Bob to keep saying. Yeah. All the time. And we're we, gonna uh,
1: keep that tradition going.
0: We, yeah. Here. For sure. Just for <laughs> this, should say that at the end of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> the <That'd be> would <hilarious. laughs> Don't forget,
1: have your pets spayed or neutered.
0: Did uh, Drew Carey keep keep that going? I think so. Did he? Price is
1: Right was on primetime the other night. I think.
0: I saw some kind of price is right yeah. thing going on the other day. I don't know I don't know what it was, but, but man, I used to watch that all the time. That I know. that was I'd be over at my grandma's house. Those were the around. days. Mm-hmm. And then you remember Bob Barker
1: making the appearance in Happy Gilmore?
0: I just Oh yeah, that was good too. <laughs> I just that microphone, like he'd stand here like normal, but the microphone's like it's like a three foot long microphone yeah. holding up to his hand. Like he didn't have to do it like this. And it's not a thing. It's just down here. That's where we should get those. <laughs> For the show so we can look more <laughs> yeah, uh my camera's a little low today. I feel like I need to sit can you lift my can you lift the camera up just a little bit? All right, that's good, thanks,
1: but sad day there we for, go we we the group named the dog uh was it libby
0: uh well, it was lady Liberty lady Liberty. We didn't actually end up going with that. we went with so since my last name is Thurston, my whole life everyone does these uh Gilligan's Island jokes and uh, so there was a character Thurston Howell was on there but uh they would call they would say like Thurston Howell I'm like well actually that's my my last name like the guy on the show his first name was Thurston but anyway his wife's name was Lovey and so we named our dog Lovey Howell not like H-O-W-E-L-L like the show but like H-O-W-L like, and for the two weeks that we kept her made her happy we thought it was kind of funny
1: yeah there you go
0: yeah there you I'm go. sure she appreciates it. Probably. Anyway, let's talk about something else, though.
1: And just a moment of silence for <laughs> Lovey how
0: All right, You're just not going to let me get my yep. mind off of this today, huh? I
1: was I was very kind compared to the live sh- the the live group. <laughs> it was all them. Okay, it was all them. Th- this podcast is just bare knuckles. Yep. Compared to what happened pre-show. And if you want to have access to gold, like what was going on in the pre-show, then you gotta go to join I recorded
0: it and I'll be putting it out there later. That's it's on record. Mm, it's on record. The whole yes. thing's on record. The so if
1: you sign up, you can actually see what it took place, what yep. transpired in the pre show yep. before this took place. It's only six bucks a month. Come on, guys. It's so be part of Nate's club. Nate's Nate's state. We still need
0: a name. We need a name for the club. It's your club. It's fine. I, well, no, it's not. We need a name for this club. Someone come up. I saw someone tweet about it earlier. I can't remember. It had something to do with being the uh, Hawaii's greatest morning show club or something like yeah. that. Um, might be a little bit too much. One of our friends right submitted
1: there. Nate's statists. That's. So,
0: I'm not sure that's going to work either. I thought it was pretty funny, though. Um, that does sound like it was funny. Considering what you just did. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough about it.
1: Here's something important.
0: There's something this doesn't this is, seem very important no. this is so important let's do a drive a few drive by stories here this Charlie is,
1: this is breaking news folks from the New York post in case you were worried about it Trump's Facebook I, and Instagram accounts are being restored after a two year suspension. It turns out it only takes two years to quell tyranny mm-hmm. and now That's that they it. removed him for two years, he's now. About his wits again, and he no longer wants to be an authoritarian.
0: And democracy is safe. Yeah,
1: former President Donald Trump will be allowed back on Instagram and Facebook. The platform's parent company Meta announced Wednesday. Maybe because their stock is in the trash, and they need, some,
0: yeah, they I need some news around
1: it. Nick Clegg, Meta's president for global affairs and former UK deputy prime minister, wonder how he got that job. <sighs> Said the 76 year old Trump's accounts will be reinstated in the coming weeks, but added that new guardrails will be instituted to deter repeat offenses. So now he's bowling with bumpers.
0: He is. Yeah. The guardrails basically mean that no one's ever gonna see his stuff. Like they're they're gonna shadow ban all and they they even say that they're gonna shadow ban and mm-hmm. that's what's gonna happen.
1: Now listen to this lie, Clegg said. <laughs> Quote, social media is rooted in the belief that open debate and free flow of ideas are important values.
0: That some people have.
1: Except for when we silence you. Mm-hmm. We were demonetized. We never, we didn't get banned on Facebook. We were demonetized for, God, that was two years, wasn't it? Or I guess it was a They whole. just,
0: they just let us start making money again back so, in November, I believe. was a whole year. Of twenty. 20- it happened uh, late 2020. So that's two years. So we had a two-year two
1: demonetation. Okay, so yeah.
0: they must run on a two-year cycle. I guess so. Mm-hmm. As a general
1: rule, we don't want to get in the way of open public and Democratic debate on Meta's platforms, except for when we do. Mm-hmm. Especially in the context of elections in Democratic societies like the United States. Trump responded to Meta's announcement by criticizing his suspension in the first place. He uh, is yelling here, <laughs> Facebook! <laughs> Which has lost billions of dollars in value since deplatforming your favorite president? Me, I just—I <laughs> love I, this guy so much.
0: It's the way that it's, he even says it. When I read that at first, I imagined it, like how ridiculous it is to keep saying deplatforming your favorite president. I'm like, that is so ridiculous. What's the next word? Me. me. <laughs> just in case you didn't know for sure who I was talking about, it's, it's me. me. <laughs> mm.
1: What's number two doing? We don't know. Has just announced that they are reinstating my account. He wrote this on Truth Social, which is his uh, his platform. Quote, such a thing should never happen again to a sitting president or anybody else who is not deserving of retribution.
0: Anyone else who is not deserving. Yeah. So you still got to figure out who's deserving. And that that's the bloody problem. Yeah, I got you. Under
1: the terms of his reinstatement, Trump is subject to suspensions of between one month and two years if he posts content deemed to, deemed to quote, incite or celebrate ongoing violent events or civil unrest. Except for, like, BLM protests. Exactly. And,
0: now, I, know, know, I know people the in the...
1: Riots in Atlanta, I'm sure, are probably fine if he weighed in and said, you know, burn Deloitte down.
0: I'm sure no one weighed in during the Atlanta thing and said... um. I don't, you know, you shouldn't be doing this violence, but gall darn it, this is why these people are so mad and this is why people are out there protesting and people are just sick of it and uh you know, I stand with all the protesters just don't do any violence. I bet not a single person did that at all. No. I bet no one goes out there on the news and makes excuses for not why on Meta's flat. for why doing those things aren't even violence anyway in the first place. It's not.
1: It's not. You're just uh, being assertive. Mm -hmm. Violence is only against other human beings. Meta is considering putting other measures in place against those who may not explicitly violate its rules. So you don't have to violate their rules, but you're going to contribute to the sort, quote, the sort of risk that materialized on Jan 6. Mm. He said, uh, that's what Mr. Clegg said. So anything that seems like it could be like Jan 6. That doesn't necessarily vi- our, violate our rules per se, but we have full discretion on what we consider to be open democratic debate. hmm Posts that delegitimize elections or that are related to the conspiracy theory QAnon, for now, instance.
0: And the reason I highlighted that is because, first off, related to the conspiracy theory QAnon could literally mean anything. Because that's just, I from what I can tell, uh, there's not a lot of clear direction no. in whatever QAnon. It's like theory if is. you
1: believe in the Constitution, that relates. Oh, it's like if you QAnon. think
0: if you think that uh, there was a, I think pretty sure still if you think that there is an island where rich people would go, and just uh, sex slaves would be brought to them. Uh, you know, something like that. That's probably still a QAnon conspiracy theory. Probably still listed like that. Yeah. There's so many things that would be connected. And if you delegitimize elections, seriously, we're still doing this. We're still going to act like the 2016 election wasn't delegitimized, or the 20, all of them, so many of them, going have been back to at least
1: 2000 when Bush. Well, but whatever,
0: Gore. whatever. So those are going to be downranked on Facebook and
1: Instagram feeds, meaning they will be pushed down and become less visible, similar to what Twitter was doing and we've seen in the Twitter files. So big news, folks, your favorite president, Donald J. Trump, is uh, he's going to be back now, whether or not he'll post there, whatever. He's still on true social. I don't know what his obligations are there to his own shareholders. Who knows?
0: He has to. But- um
1: I'm sure if he's actually going to run in 2024, I'm sure he's going to use all the platforms.
0: He has to wait six hours before posting uh, something on another platform, unless it is directly related to, uh, I think, his campaign or something like that. It can be like a generic. Oh, he has an campaign. actual
1: agreement with yeah. Truth Social. Okay, yeah. uh,
0: so I guess random personal content uh, is supposed to go Truth Social first for six hours, and then it can go somewhere else. Afterwards, but truth, I think, has been a pretty big flop, in my opinion. It's uh, just, a, just a giant echo chamber. That's, a, that's really all it is. And um, he's—I I, think—he'll have to come back and use these platforms. I just hope—I I hope he changes his mind because I really don't want to do this again. But uh, I guess we will. Um, just real fast, more classified records found that. Oh wait, this time it's Mike Pence's home. These vice presidents
1: have a history.
0: Your former favorite (laughs) VP, Mike Pence. Not anymore anyway, because he wouldn't somehow overturn the results of the election.
1: I wonder who Trump's going to run with
0: if he gets the nomination. Marjorie Taylor Greene.
1: Ooh, I don't think that'd be good.
0: Yeah. I didn't mean to make a moo sound when I did that. I was forgetting what her first name was. I was just going to say MTG. (laughs) I wanted to be clear. That was not some type of a joke. Yeah. Uh, more classified records found. Uh, he, he said that he had them search uh, out of an abundance of caution just in case. He's like, hey, I, I hear people have been coming down with uh, classified records lately. <laughs> and I thought you guys should come and search. Make sure I don't have any sitting around. Can you
1: do a welfare check? <laughs> yes. You go check My home.
0: Um, nowhere specific. Just hot, You hotter warmer, warmer. Yeah. Okay, there you go.
1: Just in that locked closet there, there's a safe. <laughs> and uh, I don't know the combination. You have to ask my son for that.
0: But Something he's, like he's that.
1: Got, I'm sure Obama's got them. I'm sure freaking Clinton's got some still. You know, he doesn't know
0: what classified means. Maybe this is all all some giant scheme by Trump. He had people on the inside just going around planting classified documents in people's houses. You know, that way he would get he wouldn't get in trouble for it. And then he
1: was trying to get all these other people in trouble by saying, oh, I've got classified documents.
0: And, like, he called in a tip line to the FBI. He's like, hello. (laughs) You don't know who this is. No way you can tell who this is. I want to make an anonymous tip. Mike Pence, worst vice president ever. He was very good, but not at the end. He might have classified documents. I'm not sure. This isn't Donald. (laughs) It's not Donald who, by the way, was the best president <laughs> in American history, better than Washington. That's what I imagine the but call not, being like. But it's not him. Yeah. That That's so my good. new conspiracy theory. Yeah. You know, they're it's just going to keep showing up. It's a good theory. Um, the Oh, by the way, the ACLU, this is the main reason. They're, they're starting to heat up again every once in a while. Um, this was actually from the last story. I accidentally put it after this one, but, I, you know, credit Where credit is due. They said that allowing Trump back on Facebook and Instagram was the right call. They say uh, Trump is one of the country's leading political figures, and the public has a strong interest in hearing his speech. Defeat him with better ideas. Now, the comments through there are hilarious. We're not going to go through them. (laughs) I could probably pick a few for a dumb bleep tomorrow, but they're pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, But, hey, every once in a while— they do something right. They haven't been quite the ACLU of the past, but they do have some competition uh, these days, and so maybe they're trying to protect free speech again. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Okay, now we're on to this Project Veritas thing that people are talking about. I'm seeing all over the place. I saw Project Veritas posted. It was their, it's been a day since they posted the video. It's been their biggest video so far. It's got over 12 million views last wow. time I looked at it.
1: They really ratcheted up the marketing on this one.
0: And... You could say that this one goes further than a lot of them we've seen before. Um, My issue was, I'm just going to put this out there, I'm not entirely sure that I'm on the same page with them on this, first off. Second, I've seen some pretty convincing arguments that the guy speaking is not as high up as what they are saying he is. Now, that could all be a cover. Maybe they scraped him from the Internet immediately, uh because apparently they they told the guy afterwards that he had been filmed and they got into a physical altercation which is supposed to be released later on. Uh police were called and everything. <clears throat> and uh maybe he let everyone know and they've just changed the record since then. They've changed the past and now we have no clue. So I want to be upfront and honest about that. That um this I don't know, I've seen more more so than normal. Even I saw the Daily, I think it was the Daily Mail Uh, removed their article about it, and people are saying, ooh, why did they remove this article? It could be because the guy's not who they're saying he is in the video. I'm not sure. More on that later, I guess. As any conspiracy,
1: you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. You question it, be like, hey, is there some truth to this? We don't know. That's the actual thing. We don't know. Is it possible? Absolutely. I mean, you... we see all the time how government workers go to work for the FDA or that are working for the FDA are sitting on the board of Pfizer and all these giant pharmaceutical companies, and there's a lot of collusion between the two. And, you know, we have, we have evidence of other nefarious things going on. Look at the SEC and, you know, what happened in the financial crisis. And you got, you know, when I watched that Bernie Madoff Documentary The fact that Bernie Madoff was helping the SEC write rules while he was running a Ponzi scheme the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's just um, like it's, you know, so obviously, I think there are some truth to these conspiracies, but you you have to watch what you say you know is true because you don't always know the actual truth.
0: In this case, I'm uh, um, uh, Matt just sent this over in the uh, private group. Thanks thanks for sending that over. James O'Keefe says, we obtained internal Pfizer documents verifying Jordan Walker as Pfizer Director, Research and Development Strategic Operations. Graduated Yale 2013. Um, let's see. Doctor med at University of Texas Southwestern Medical School. His supervisor reports to uh, Michael Dolston, who reports to Borla. <clears throat> and they show screenshots I did check earlier his LinkedIn page has been removed. It's been wiped. It's, it's gone. Yeah, I clicked. It came up in search, and then when you clicked on it, it there's nothing there. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not true. I had just seen reports that it wasn't true, although that's precisely the kind of thing that you would see when people are trying to sprinkle some doubt on the situation. Mm-hmm. Regardless, let's look at the content, because this is a guy who does seem to, in some way... Uh, work for Pfizer, uh, talking about what they are going to do with this uh, with the vaccine. He called something uh, directed evolution. They uh, he spoke about mutating COVID through directed evolution, which people are likening to <clears throat> oh, what do you call it? Uh, gain of function. Gain of function. Veritas, Project Veritas just does some of these things that bother me, and they bother me when I see people on the left or the right or anyone do it, and they make this headline. And when you see quotes of specific words around specific words, <clears throat> those are the words that the guy said. All the other stuff are the them editorializing around it. So if they say, mutate COVID via directed evolution to continue profiting from vaccines— the uh, <clears throat> quotes are around mutate and directed evolution. To continue profiting from vaccines is something that they added in afterwards. They would continue profiting from vaccines. In fact, I hope that drug companies who make drugs continue to try and profit from drugs. I would, so I would like them to do that more drugs. To some, but people, this guy said mutate <clears throat>
1: and directed evolution at some point. Yeah, in yeah. the
0: conversation.
1: So now they can use those as quoted words.
0: Now it, they talk. Uh, we'll play the video, but. What bothers me is this to continue profiting from vaccines. And what I don't like is the audience for this. Like, I don't immediately get triggered by the fact that a company's trying to profit from anything. I don't see profit as a bad word. Uh, you can listen to how he explains this stuff. The idea would be that they're going to create these new variants. Uh, but he does or talk about why they would do it. Collude with the federal government. I mean, they could create new variants and, and put them out there of the wild, and they're like, "Oh, hey, look, we got a vaccine for it." That's kind of weird, since it took him what three days to make the mRNA vaccine in the first place, you know. So it doesn't seem like he'd have to do a lot of prep ahead of time. But who knows? Now uh, let's let's look at some of what he uh, he had to say. Where is this video? There it is.
2: We're exploring like, now, You know how the virus Keeps mutating Yeah Well one of the things We're exploring Is like why don't we Just mutate it ourselves So we can for, We can create Uncomputably Developed new vaccines Right So we have to do that If we're going to do that Though there's a risk Of like As you could imagine No one wants to be Having a pharma company Mutating viruses Yeah <laughs> So okay. we're, like Do we want to do this <laughs> So that's like mm-hmm. One of the things We're considering Okay so, Like the future Like maybe we can like Create new versions Of the vaccines And things like that Okay so, you, so Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. That's why it was <laughs> a thought that came out at a meeting. And we were like, why, why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that. there more discussions. Okay. Not exactly action, right? We're like, wait a minute. People like, won't like that. That's
1: right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the
0: public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First,
1: in living <clears throat> animals. So the way that we're thinking
2: about, like, don't tell anyone this. Yeah,
0: probably do got tell. Yeah, probably <laughs> don't tell anyone. Okay.
2: <laughs> <I guess. laughs> okay but, so um, the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. And then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we. And then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you can see the mutation, then you can have horses mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something crazy. But I is the way that the virus started, and moved on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like Yeah, I know. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out. Because this is just like something we're trying, right? It sounds like gain-of-function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... It's definitely not gain-of-function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I mean, is that what it is Maybe I. I, <laughs> I don't well, you're not supposed to do gain function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. they recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research ongoing about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. So um, tell me more, like, what's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of
0: conducting the experience.
1: Seen a couple things. He's talking really loud next to a bunch of people.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is, uh, that's true.
1: And I feel like the, the guy who's actually capturing that doesn't seem very coy, but is he,
0: is the other guy drunk? Um, is he getting him drunk Yeah, to do this? yeah, I think they normally do that. He's normally like, they set it up as like a date kind of thing.
1: I'm not a fed. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more about this research you're doing.
0: Yeah. No, he's drunk. Okay. And he's probably trying to uh, impress a date. I would, I would assume that's normally how they get these people. They get them drunk, and they're trying to impress the person that they met on Tinder or something like that, or whatever, whatever app it might be. Um, it uh. So, aside from whether or not the guy is who they say he is, even the content of it, which is what a lot of people are talking about. Um, what do you? So when I looked up gain of function, and you hear Rand Paul talking to Fauci about gain of function and all that. Uh, The main issue that they had was taking a virus that couldn't infect humans and changing it to a virus that could infect humans, you know, and they called uh, Paul was calling that gain of function. And that was the that was the main thing. Um, What they're talking about doing does sound different to me. They're talking about essentially speeding up the evolution of the virus to come up with uh, what the future uh, different variants are going to be. And so it does seem a little, a little different as far as gain-of-function goes. It's not something I still that I think would, would work all that well. But when I look up why they used to do gain-of-function research and why they do this with vaccines, it sounds a lot, a lot like what they're doing, which is trying to predict future versions of viruses so they can have vaccines ready for them. Yeah, That kind of thing.
1: I just think it's a dangerous game that yeah. you're playing. Because yeah. what happens if they do... Direct evolutionize, whatever they want to call it, to where it's way more lethal to way more people. Yeah. And you're talking like where, you know, 10% of kids under the age of 12 are, are going to die from this thing. Like that, then it's like, you know, th- that's the problem is you're playing with fire and i think that's the 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 scariest part about this not that that couldn't happen naturally could there could be a virus out there the flu for instance can mutate itself and you know kill 10% of kids or whatever it, it's possible these it's not like these things haven't existed before in in human history the I, I just <clears throat> the idea that that a pharmaceutical company is going to do this i don't really know what the the problem is is that it sends off, like, my ethical radar. Of, like, mm-hmm. this doesn't seem ethical. Like, it doesn't seem ethical to... One could make an argument, and I'd probably listen to it, to be like, well, this is going to prevent the downfall of humanity because we can then predict these things um, and have something ready for it so that if, if it ever mutated naturally to kill 10% of kids, well, we've already got the cure for it. And so 10% of kids wouldn't <clears throat> die. We would... we'd be able to save
0: them. The, uh, The idea would be that you, through creating all of these mutations, would develop a vaccine that covers all of those possible mutations of the virus after getting it to evolve past this one and to the next one and to the next one. And you have these different versions and then you make a vaccine that covers all of those. So it prevents future variants from evading the vaccine. Like prob- uh, like Omicron did. Here's the problem. I'm not defending it, by the way. I'm just saying it doesn't sound as insane as what I'm seeing online. Like, earth-shattering, company-ending, uh, society-flipping news, or anything like that.
1: The problem is, I think it's mathematically impossible. Yeah. Because you have to think mm-hmm. of, like, all the different variables you're probably looking at. Like, when you look at an RNA strand of a virus, and it's different... Molecules. I, I bet you're looking at something like this is my best guess. You're looking at something like 100 factorial. Yeah. So it's like, do the math on that. You know, you're talking the biggest numbers you can think of in your life. I'm trying to predict these different sequences and proteins and how they can be made up and all these different types of things. I don't know the actual answer. That's my best guess.
0: You yeah. just end up getting the ones that happen to come out in those monkeys that you happen to be testing. What I put down here in the notes. Now we, you know, we don't know. Right? This is just two dudes speculating yeah. wildly about this stuff. You could,
1: be, stuff. Lo- you could be, honestly be looking at like a million factors.
0: But. Um, uh, what what I would think is if they did make the vaccine to cover whatever different variations they found in these monkeys, well, the virus would just evolve around those and you just get the other ones instead. You know, it's not going to cover every single one of them, kind of like what you were just saying.
1: Well, that's what we do with the flu shot. Like, they give their best guess on, like, what kind of flu we're going to see this year. Sometimes they get it right and sometimes they get it wrong. Although the flu shot is still helpful when you have symptoms, it does kind of quell some of those symptoms because you kind of already have some antibodies to go after a certain particular type of virus and it can recognize some of the things but the problem is is like there are years where they get it so wrong in their prediction that you know a hundred thousand people end up dying from the flu it, it happens and their goal is to try to keep it like you know 20 to forty thousand people a year
0: now aside from all of that with us not being medical uh, pro- professionals um, there is a part with us being libertarians that I still think, uh, would be a valuable conversation because they end up talking about the revolving door between the government and Pfizer. Uh, and they talk about how this would be good uh, for business, which, which it is. I don't know if you're in the business of trying to prevent illnesses or treat them or whatever. I know it's, it's big pharma and I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for them. Like i yeah, you're trying to make money off of stuff. That's It's true. Uh, but he does talk about the revolving door between government and Pfizer.
2: Like new variants. Yeah, So they probably thinking, like, if you do it, control the lab, then we say, oh, this is an epitope. And so then if they, it comes out later on, like in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on it. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that, like, the, the best business model, though? Like, just control... Nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because, like, some of the times, like, we just mutations that pop up, right? And we're not prepared for it. Like, with Delta or Omicron. Right. And things like that. So, who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID probably be a cash cow for us for a while going for it. Like, Yeah. I obviously like it. <laughs> Well, I think the whole, you know, I think the whole, like, research of the viruses and mutating it, like would be the ultimate like cash cow yeah it'd be perfect
0: now you would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal but no the pharmaceutical industry as walker puts it
1: is quote a revolving door for all government officials
0: now i have to one more time this is the thing that always bothers me about them like you would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal now that's not what the guy said they're doing now, we're speculating that it's very dangerous for a company to try and do this kind of research because if it accidentally walks out the door or someone accidentally catches it and starts spreading to the realm. And of which course, is what he even thinks happened in Wuhan. Which is what that way. guy says could have, and, it, and absolutely could happen. And it could be what they're trying to do. I'm not saying they're not trying to do that to try and make a bunch of money. What I am saying is that's not what the guy said, but he is deciding that that's what the guy said. You'd think to create viruses so you could sell vaccines for it. It would be illegal. No, he's saying that they're creating them so they can make vaccines to be prepared for future variations. When you're speculating that they're going to get released out into the public like a bioweapon for them to make a bunch of money off of. That's that's why I'm always so hesitant to go through any of this stuff. Because
1: if you put it... The thing about it is if you put it that way, like let's say you're working on a car, right? And then you decided to have a model of a car in a shop and you're making tweaks to it to, Mm -hmm. to see like... Oh, if I go, you know, 120 miles an hour and take this sharp turn, like maybe I'll blow a tire. And you do that experiment. You're like, oh, I blew a tire. So let me come up with this new device so that people can do it. whatever the case may be. Then you're like, okay, well, now you're trying to make money off of like future accidents that could potentially mm-hmm. happen.
0: And Bridgestone so, probably tests the hell out of their tires before they sell them. You know, they probably got tires that are ready for shit that we're never going to do. That's what they say in our, our commercials, cars, anyway. You know, that's yeah. exactly the. I just quoted the, uh, yeah, the commercial actually. Mm. Uh, there's only forty. 40- Seconds left on this. Thirty-five officials. Unquote.
2: Revolving door for all government officials. Wow. Yeah, for any industry though. So like, in the farming industry, all the government uh, officials who like you know review our drugs, eventually yeah. come work for farming companies. Like the military, like all the like army and defense, like government officials eventually go work for the defense company afterwards. Yeah. How do you feel about that revolving door? Like, it's pretty good for the industry to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators are so. If through our drugs, know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work
0: for the company, they're not going to be as harsh on the company. You know, we're doing their job. Right. Yeah. And it goes to Malone after that. So to me, that's a really important part there at the end, the revolving door. Mm -hmm. And they know that they're going to get a job at the company after working for the FDA. They're not going to be as harsh on the company while they're at the FDA.
1: That's an incentive. Mm.
0: Yeah, it is. I would like to say that, you know... Uh, see, could, is this
1: a problem with Pfizer or the FDA? Yeah, no, it's a
0: problem with the FDA. See, still, that's exactly... The whole thing still... The entire thing still boils down to government, in my opinion. The whole the whole conversation here still boils down to them uh, being, being a problem. First off, you know, if Pfizer creates a virus and then it leaks out and kills millions of people, what I would like to say... Is that Pfizer has a financial incentive to not do that because they're going to trace that back to their lab and they're going to find that they're the ones that did it. And that company People is going go to be jail. gone. They're going mm. go to go the they're going to go to the prison. They're not going to be any wealth left in it whatsoever. <clears throat> All the investors or whatever, they're going to be totally screwed. But when you look at the incentive structure laid out by COVID over the last few years. I see no incentive for anyone to worry about whether or not a virus is traced back. If you question the narrative, they would remove you from being able to speak to people. No.
1: That's, so it's a risk that they are now willing to take because they have government protection.
0: What the, what the government showed people uh, by censoring people's speech and speculation about where COVID originated from was that you could take a chance in creating a bioweapon and selling the cure for it because they're not going to allow anyone to question where it came from. And that's them that created so it, that incentive
1: it, in the first place. It perverses the incentive structure.
0: Yes, they should. They should never do this because you could trace it back to them, and they would all have to suffer the consequences for it. But they're not worried about that. They got. They got protection, just they're, like we the, bailed out the banks. The people protecting them have guns, and they yeah. can steal money from people and force them to take Pfizer stuff in the first place. So uh, that's that's their incentive structure that's laid yeah. out. So, if you're upset about this stuff, uh, be upset about what allows them to potentially do this. Yeah.
1: And we see this throughout all kinds of sectors. Like I said, that's what happened to banks. Banks were willing to take risks on loans they knew they shouldn't have made during the financial crisis because they, were, they knew they were going to get bailed out. They knew that they were protected by the government. So, they made risks, they made decisions based on a perverse risk structure. Same thing Pfizer's doing. Can't really blame them. No. Can no. you? Can you blame them to be like, huh, this is a really bad idea. However, we're not going to be at fault for it. And the upside far outweighs the risk.
0: I will say, uh, like, oh, I wouldn't do that. But we all have to realize that we're just responding to the incentives. What we're doing, you know, when we talk about people who say, well, if if, uh, Bernie Sanders was running the government, everything would be fine, you know. Or if I were running the government, uh, if I were running this dictatorship everything would be fine. That's what you're saying. Other people do the same thing when they talk about corporations. And they, you know, if I had the choice of either making billions of dollars or doing the right thing, I would choose to do the right thing every every single time because that's who I am.
1: So start a company and do the right thing.
0: so do it. You know? That's what I say. Oh, it's a simple answer. But uh, what I assume is that these are human beings who have incentive structures laid out in front of them and uh, what we can do is change the government part of that and have them respond to the market. That's that's what I would want to do.
1: And that's the only real answer. Because mm-hmm. you're never going to prevent all this kind of stuff. That's, and that's what people want. They were like, oh, we got to prevent this from happening. This is illegal. It shouldn't be happening. The problem is it's, we've now been a species for God only knows how long. And uh, nobody's been able to prevent it so far. You know? Got to tell you, murder's been illegal for a long time. Still happens every day. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like you, you have to set up uh, a world in which the least amount of power exists among governments to change incentives or perverse incentive structures to where more bad things don't happen than would naturally occur.
0: And people don't like that conversation because they still think, well, you just need good people to get into those yeah. positions. You're just going to find the right people to get in there and do that.
1: And they always think we got to do something.
0: Mm-hmm. We got to do we gotta something. We got to do something
1: before Mother
0: but, Earth. Uh, yeah. One thing that we got to do, uh, it's, how is it 356? Oh, because we made fun of my situation with a dog for a while beforehand. Who? Mine. Oh. Yeah. Remember that You made dog. fun of yourself? Yeah. I did. Yes. Mm. We got it on tape. All right. There was, uh, it's dumb bleep tomorrow. We made it through what I would have considered beforehand. The first 10% of the episode is what we made it through right there. Mm -hmm. I've got pages and pages of notes coming up. We didn't even start the slides yet in this thing. Literally. We barely even... even started them yet. And so I I don't I don't know when we're gonna do that. I'm going on a cruise, leaving on Saturday. I won't be back until dumb bleep on next Friday. Well, I'll be here tomorrow, and uh, then I won't be back until the following Friday, for dumb bleep. I guess. So um, I'll miss everyone. You know. You will. I will. I will sorely miss everyone. <laughs> what do I have up on the screen right now? Man, what are we gonna talk about? The the possibility that we're going to have national rent control. We got the White House blueprint for a renters' bill of rights. My blood boils when I see stuff like that. Ugh. I really do. Part of it is the right to organize. The right for the tenants to organize against the landlord and force them to do. So that's the next evolution of unions. They're like, uh, oh, people are getting sick with the you know the whole factory worker thing. We got to start forming the apartment unions. <laughs> that's what we got to do. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do that thing. So yeah, we're going to talk about that, some rent control laws, how stupid California's laws are, Um, and then some of the anti-wealth, wealth-hating, rich-person-hating stuff, the fact that there are several states looking at wealth tax proposals at the moment, um, in a choreographed effort to make it harder for people to move from one state to the next, all these states are submitting wealth tax proposals at the same time uh, to try and they're trying to deter people from trying to get away from them
1: i hope and, they all move out of the country
0: yeah well i mean they could just move to tennessee that'd yeah. be fine and then the other this is the thing that i we could talk real fast about but this is a problem that everyone everyone has you see this the top 1% this is a headline from cnn the top 1% captured nearly twice as much new wealth as the rest of the world over the last two years. Now you only need to change one word to make that uh, factual, accurate statement. What word would you switch? Hmm. I don't know. I would change captured to created. (laughs) That's all I would do. There you go. The, one, the top 1% created nearly twice as much new wealth as the rest of the world over the last two years. And if you could somehow explain that to people without them getting all upset and hot and bothered about how much they hate rich people, you'd be able to go pretty far with that. In this ridiculous article, they make... They could these- also
1: change the headline too and say the top 1% lost <laughs> nearly twice as much wealth, new wealth, as the rest of the world over the last year.
0: Well, they talk about, in this article, they say, though their riches have slipped somewhat over the past year, global billionaires, you know, like that $200 billion that Elon Musk lost, mm-hmm. they probably will start having articles about how Tesla's gone up 50% over the last month, though. Uh, global billionaires are still far wealthier than they were at the start of the pandemic. Their net worth totals $11.9 trillion, according to Oxfam. While that's down nearly $2 trillion from late 2021 it's still well above the 8.6 trillion billionaires had in March of 2020. So there we go with the March of 2020 thing. And this thing, if this is your first time listening, then you want to go find the video. If you've heard this a bunch, then you know that this is a pet peeve that we've got. So they say that it's still well above the 8.6 trillion billionaires had in March of 2020. That is after the stock market fell 35%. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're looking at. Uh, their wealth was actually around $10 trillion, a little bit more than that, in February. So it is still up from that time, but not nearly as much. And if you wanted to watch on the video later on on YouTube, let me just show you this, and then we'll get out of here. This is the COVID crash. It started on February 20th of 2020, I think, something like that. Over the course of four weeks, the market went down 35%. Now, if you wanted to compare people's wealth from the pandemic, in my opinion, you would start from before the time the market crashed 35%. Like what what did they have before they lost a ton of it? Like trillions of dollars disappeared over a span of four weeks. But instead, that would be this circle right here. Instead, their numbers start down here from the bottom of where the market went. Why this bothers me so much is because they use these emotional talking points to make people upset about how much wealth people gained. And if you wanted to take that to its logical conclusion, you don't have to go to 2021 or 2022. You could pick this point here at the end of uh, 2020 and talk about how much wealth the top 1% gained during the pandemic. And it would still, it would just be right back at the spot where it was before the crash. Yeah. And that's basically what they're doing. I kept I kept going. The problem is that this is used for policy to to sway people's minds towards these wealth tax policies. Here's your wealth uh, destruction, the 35% drop, and then that's what it went to, and then this is what we've gone through uh, through 2022. And here's the big difference. Over this span of time, from the low up to during the pandemic that they all use, which is uh, nearly the very top of the market, the S&P 500 went up 117% during that time from the bottom of the market. Now, that's from the bottom. Now, if you go to a month, uh, well, if you go up to where it's at right now, it's up 85% from that time. Now, what they say is during the pandemic because it, it includes a higher point of the market than where we're even at right now. If you actually look, it's, it's up 19%. From where it was before the market crashed.
1: Before the COVID crash.
0: Yes, before the COVID crash. And so if you want to look at the gains of the wealth throughout the, because of the pandemic or since the pandemic.
1: They're up about 20% as they should be.
0: About 20%. Yeah. That's uh, that's about what it It is. It went from a
1: little over $10 to about. $12 $12 trillion.
0: Now, what works more for you? That's
1: a 20% gain.
0: If you're trying to melt people's brains and get them to hand over other people's money and do all these ridiculous policies, they, they essentially tell you about this 117% gain number. And by using that number, they can pick at people's emotions, their envy, and the way that they hate anyone who has more than they do, to destroy the economy and the process and wealth creation itself. Disgusting. It's not because I feel bad for the billionaires or any of the the money that they've lost or anything like that. It's because of the potential future that we could have if they don't steal all that money and set it on fire is what they're taking from all of us, not just from the billionaires. Yep. There we go. It's gross. We covered in the article.
1: It's disgusting. Yep. Absolutely disgusting. Great charts, by the way, too. Thanks, man. man. Feel like you really put some time into that to show people that's to why
0: that's why we had to do it. <laughs> percentages and just if you want
1: to know how to read those things, by the way, you can go to natescrashcourse.com that's natescrashcourse.com com. He goes way in more depth to these colored things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, greens and reds and what they mean, how you get percentages. Just go to natescrashcourse.com com. If you like the show, you can keep the show <laughs> and you can share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. Share it with your friends. Just do it. That's the easiest way to support us. Go to joingml.com if you want to be part of the live group. Get access to the pre-show and all the craziness that goes on before then. We also have other perks available as well to be part of Nate's Club. It's a prestigious club, um, so don't miss out. It's only 6 bucks a month. That's joingml.com, a place where you can be a real libertarian. And godhatesfeds.com because he really does. That was, the, that was the, the thesis of this show, God yep. Hates Feds, like the FDA. So go to godhatesfeds.com, pick up your favorite merch. If you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for some Dumb bleep of the Week. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.